Hello and welcome to Sports Talk, brought to you by sportstalk.ie. I'm Denise O'Flaherty and over the next couple of months I'll be interviewing a broad range of sports stars and personalities in a nice, relaxed and casual format. Our show is sponsored by the fantastic Medell Healthcare and we would like to thank them for their continued sponsorship even in these difficult times. This week's guest suffered multiple knee ligament injuries in a freak accident during a club game. He was warned about his chances of playing again but is determined to get back playing inter-county football. It's former Stigerson Cup winner with DCU, Longford's Rory Connor. 2015, you were part of the DCU team that won the Sigurd yeah. Cup involved with Longford. Then 2016, the same, you got to the final, beaten by UCD, involved yeah. with Longford. And then all of a sudden, everything stopped for you later on that year in a club game. Yeah, you know, you're on the pig's back, everything's flying. You're loving life, you know. <laughs> Nothing in the world is going to take you down. And then out of nowhere, the rug gets pulled from under your feet and uh, your whole world is turned upside down bad knee injury three surgeries later and a hell of a lot of rehabilitation later and uh, I'm only looking at getting back to serious football kind of now I remember talking to your uncle after it and he was telling me that there was actually doubts about you ever playing football again yeah um, in fairness to my surgeon Gavin McHugh he was fairly straight laced I mean, from, from the get go he, he said to me look wouldn't it be brilliant if you were able to kind of play with your kids in the garden again or if you're able to have some sort of a physical lifestyle like even get out and go for a jog or something like that and, but as soon as as I hear the news that I get an injury or whatever my first thought is how quickly can I get back it's not it was never a question that I wasn't going to get back and from day dot the only thing I've kind of ever thought about was was getting back and, and playing in with Longford. Obviously, took some turns along the way. You get setbacks, and even now that I'm back playing, back fit, uh, well, <laughs> relatively fit. <laughs> um, even now that I'm back, kind of half fit, relatively fit. I've no, I've no kind of. I know for a fact that there will be more setbacks along the way, but as I've kind of gotten older, I think you kind of learn to deal with the setbacks a little bit better. They don't mean probably weigh as much on your mind as much anymore. Um, but yeah, Searle's a good one. Searle uh, <laughs> covers me fairly well. Yeah, he was worried about you. The dreaded cruciate <laughs> is the injury that no footballer athlete wants to hear. But you didn't just do your cruciate. You've done a lot more damage. Yeah. Um, now, before before I got the injury, my, my knowledge of the, the anatomy of the knee wouldn't have been the best. But you four kind of you four ligaments in your knee. Uh, I ended up rupturing three out of the four. So there's like just completely no stability there whatsoever. Um, I also had an avulsion in my hamstring. So completely tore that off the bone on the bicep femoris, which is down the outside. Uh, I had torn medial meniscus, I had perineal nerve damage, um, and I mean, there was the physio or the physio surgeon spent, I think he said, 25 minutes trying to find that peroneal nerve, and that's the nerve that causes drop foot, and the nerve was so badly bruised that if I had taken any more of an impact, I'd have been left with drop foot, and, uh, and that would have been it for sure, you know. Um, I remember when I got the phone call back from the very first scan that I got, and uh, the lady who, who was telling me kind of the intricacies of the injury, um, she had thought that I was in a car crash. So she thought, yeah, she thought that a car, a car, a car had hit me straight on in the knee. That I was that badly damaged. But uh, but yeah, it was not wasn't straightforward. It was uh, a lot of hard work from from day dot. And it was like you were playing football. I don't think there was anyone near you, was there, or what was this? No, it, 
it, oh, it was it was a game that meant absolutely nothing. It was two middle of the league, two middle of the league teams playing the last game of the season, Keane and League, and um, both huge football and strongholds. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it's a ball that Shane Doyle kicks across the field to me. A ball you, you just you try out and you catch a hundred times out of a hundred. It's it's nothing you know you even think about or like it's second nature at this stage. I just pop out, ju- jump off one leg to grab the ball. And then as I come down, <clears throat> my leg just lands straight. And uh, instead of bending forwards, it bent backwards. And uh, it wasn't actually until I went put my foot on the ground to try and get up <laughs> and realise the foot was nowhere near the ground. Oh it, was f- cl- it was closer to my chin. But yeah, so, yeah, it was, there was no one around me. I said there was no one for 10 yards. And not because I have a great turn of pace or anything. <laughs> I think yeah, there was just... They, they, they said we let that fella get the ball, he'll do nothing with it. How did you... In that moment, I'd say you did realise, oh damn, I'm in trouble. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the thing you fear, and sorry for passion oh, all this. No, no, not not at all. I, th- I think for me, I would have always been someone to do the rehab, do my rehab, do my strength, do my conditioning, mm-hmm. get my quads nice and strong, get everything strong, so that something like this doesn't happen. And I, I guess. No matter how much work you put in, no, no matter how much hours in the gym, like freak accidents can still happen. And I remember always thinking um, to myself when I was younger, I'm like, ah, you know, it won't happen to me. Now, since then, my dad's had both his knees replaced. My mom's had one of hers. So obviously, there's a bit of a history of knees there. But you never think you're going to be the well one. Away from to be, yeah, I know. But you never think you're going to be the one to uh, to be on the receiving end of that injury. But yeah, as soon as soon as it happens, I know. Yeah, I don't know what you just kind of instinctively know. This isn't a normal knock or this isn't a normal twist. Like, plus on top of that, then the pop that I heard kind of <laughs> it was like a bell tower going off. It's like Big Ben. You were saying about what the surgeon said to you, but in your mind, you know what he said. You weren't listening to it. But you yeah. know, to recovery, did you have days when you did feel low? Ah, oh, like without a doubt. Um, I mean, you go from training three and four days a week, five days a week. Everything you do kind of revolves around around get, around your training, around your football, around your nutrition, and you go from that position then to you've all this idle time. You're in a knee brace for four months. Like, what do you do? And like, there's days there where you're sitting in the college in 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 your room and you're looking at the four walls and you're thinking, geez, like another day of you know, moping along and kind of went very, quite quiet and like would have always been quite, you know, chatting to people mm. and been around the college and like would have really, really good friends in the college and that. Um, and then would have went kind of quite in, introverted, quite into like mm. trying to not necessarily isolate myself, but I found myself almost trying to avoid conversation with people because you feel like your kind of self-value or self-worth in that one instant is deteriorated. You know, it's completely diminished. Um, And I'd gone from a position of you go over to the canteen with all the lads, you'd have the grub, you'd sit down, you'd slag one another, you'd have the crack. I'd go over at a time kind of off peak I'd put my earphones in just to kind of avoid talking to anyone because and that was something that I completely put on myself you know it probably wasn't that anyone that was pushing me aside or anyone was you know making me turning me into an outcast or anything but it's kind of something that I did to myself and in hindsight was was really really bad for for mental health and probably for for the road to recovery as well it it didn't help me whatsoever. Yeah because I was going to say that to you nowadays there's so much made of mental health and an injury 
like you had could have easily brought you down a, a, a different road, a different path. But as yeah, you said, you yeah. know, how did you manage to get out of it? Did someone say to you, you know, Rory, we're here? Because I'm sure at that stage, you know, you're such an outgoing guy that you would have had friends. But as you said, I suppose you were kind of wanting to keep in on yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, you know, like it, you have so many ups and downs. You, I had days where I thought, geez, I could be back playing football next week. And then I had days where I genuinely saw, my, I never saw myself playing football again. And I went through the whole thing of, I was studying mathematics and, and physical education in DCU. And I went from, can I even, you know, fulfill my profession to its fullest? Yeah. Can I be a PE teacher if I'm not able to walk properly or run properly? Or, or do any kind of functional movements in, you know, in the right way. You, how, are you able to demonstrate to a kid how to do it properly in a classroom? But luckily enough, I don't you know, I kind of just persevered, you know, so long for folk. We're kind of, we're fairly sto- stubborn at the best of times. Um, it's a long for thing because North Longford are like that too, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I won't argue with you there. Um, but yeah, I, I, you kind of just stuck to your guns. You kind of have to just trust the processes. Um, that are put in place for you by physios, by surgeons. Um, I mean, like when I went back and told my surgeon that I, I got back playing football and stuff, he kind of couldn't believe it. Um, and I remember one day with the surgeon who brought me in because I had the first two surgeries and um, because obviously there was such extensive damage done to the knee. I had to have multiple surgeries, but the first two, he kind of tried to straighten as much as he could out. And then the third, he brought me into a room, and I remember it was Ray Moore and Gavin, Gavin McHugh was my surgeon, and I think it's Ray Moore's son. And I was literally like, uh, <laughs> like some sort of a guinea pig sitting on a table in front of seven or eight of these top surgeons in Santry. And they're thinking, do we go in again? Do we ha- do more surgery? Because the more and more times they go in, more the structural integrity of the knee is kind of weakened and they're kind of reluctant to keep going in but they went in again anyway and uh, thank god they did um kind of allowed me now in saying that i can't see myself playing till 43 or 44 but you know if i get back playing to kind of to the full to the top level again um you know i feel fairly fulfilled and fairly satisfied with my my hard work yeah, because top level was playing for Longford and that was the year that we beat Monaghan up in Monaghan. Your first game back, it just happened to be a championship game and I was covering it. And even I was worried when I seen you coming on because your knee was heavily strapped and you know, the yeah. lads on the bench were there. And I, like it had nothing got to do with me. You weren't from my club or anything. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's really doing this. Yeah, I mean, and it's not even the first game, it's the first probably year yeah. um, that you come on. And oh, you kind of just have to learn. If I remember the first ball, the game was in Kerry Kevin, I think. Yeah. And another football on Stronghold. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember one, I, I could, it was like trying to pull a trail around the place after It was unbelievable. I couldn't move around the pitch, like, it, it was horrible. And um, I remember at that, that very game feeling extremely vulnerable. Like, I felt. Yes. I felt so out of place, kind of, and it wasn't something that I felt in the football field for maybe since I went in first with the Longford team and you're playing with, you know, the Paul Bardens, the Brian Cavanaghs, the lads who are doing things at their leisure. And but at least at that time, at that time, you know, I was physically able to kind of keep up. I could kind of push myself, whereas now I'm playing in an intermediate game. 
uh, in Longford and I'm feeling out of place like you know like uh, between my ears uh, I, I felt fine but from the neck down I kind of wasn't as functional or able to move as well I know there, there was a coach that uh, Jack Sheedy had with him uh, when he was over Longford and Jack gave me my, my Longford senior debut yeah. uh, Barry Horgan was his name and yeah. Barry Horgan used, used to try and drill into us he said the 6 inch pitch is just as important as the one that's 100 metres long or something I, I remember I was thinking oh, when you when you hear the first thing, oh, it's one of these airy fairy things kind of past no remarks. I don't know, no offense to Barry now, but and at that moment I thought, if my six inch pitch, if my brain is what he's talking about, if my head isn't as strong, if I'm not mentally stable, yeah. I'm not going to get back playing football. And it was that at that intermediate game where I kind of come back for the first time in Carrick Edmund that. I realised I need to kind of toughen up mentally. And I had a conversation with uh, the deputy principal in school a few weeks ago about how athletes at the highest level, they're training themselves mentally as much as they are physically, yeah. you know. And I, I think it's something that GA players in general probably don't have the time to put put work into. You know, they go, they train hard, then they go to their actual work. Whereas soccer players have time to prepare. Like, you see even like Jesse Lingard now in, in the Premier League, He's back playing football. He's back enjoying himself. After yeah. going through quite a rough period, he had a lot of family, family issues and relationship things and stuff like that. And, you know, he's obviously worked on his, on his, on the mental side of things as much as anything else. It wasn't a big injury that had affected him. It was nothing kind of physically limiting, but sometimes when you're, so mentally drained it can kind of limit your physical output um, and all I could do all I could kind of recommend to people is that you know when you do if you are hit with an obstacle or, or a road or a roadblock you know you kind of have to anticipate how you would get over it or, or maybe kind of before you get hit with a roadblock block, um, kind of see what you would do if something happened and that's something I hadn't done I never thought I was going to be the guy with a crew shit and three, four knee surgeries by the age of 25, 24 probably when it happened. Yeah, I had all my surgery before 24. It is like and to say it you're, you're extremely lucky to come back obviously that game then the year after Keena won the junior you also got Junior Player of the Year and I remember texting you because I was just absolutely delighted for you and you were one of the players that you know Jack was looking towards and then obviously Dennis Connerton came in and you are part of that team as I said in, in 2016 so to see you making that progress was absolutely fantastic Yeah uh, it's, it's, it is quite a lonesome road the lonesome part is where you're on your own you're trying to get back you're trying to get back fit you're trying to get back playing um, and I guess it was kind of a little bit of a cherry on top um, like you go I'm, you, you mentioned Dennis's t- team there that was probably a year I didn't get as much football uh, as I would have hoped and it was like you need you, as players you need to be able to deal with that and I probably don't like a lot of players deal with not playing uh, that well and I, I you, you, there are two sides to that first off you can see this person needs to understand their role and when I think of understanding the role no better team than, than our 2015 Sigerson team for lads understanding the role you know we had leaders all over the pitch and I think DCU is a college that just kind of breeds leaders and I think you can bring that into your professional life as much as uh, 
as much as your sporting life. Um, but yeah, 2016, we also went on, um, we went on a training camp to Spain, I remember, uh, just when you mentioned this year. And, uh, I have a cousin who lives over in Spain, Donna's her name. And like, if you, if you met her on the street, you'd think she was just a Spaniard or whatever. But I remember we got this night off training and the lads are kind of watching movies or whatever in the hotel. <clears throat> so I text Donna. I was like, Donna, let's, let's meet up. Let's, cause I hadn't seen her in years. She's been over teaching in Spain. And uh, she said, yeah, Grand, I'll come on, I'll pick you up at the hotel or whatever. So perfect, she rocked over in her car, picked me up. She said, yeah, we go to a bar, like, and obviously I, was, I, had, no re- I had no intention of going drinking or anything, but because we had our little cherry at the end, we went for a few beers on the last night, but so we, she brings, she goes, oh, there's this nice Irish bar up the street here. Um, so we drove up, whatever, and uh, just as I'm walking into this bar, I look down the back, and all I can see is a table full of Longford jerseys. Dennis and all his management are sitting right down the back of this bar. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, all they can see is me walking in with this tanned girl who looks Spanish in the middle of Spain going to a bar. And I was thinking, oh, my God. But uh, I remember Trevor Smullen, we had walked to the bar, and I just got a point of water. And just as soon as I turned around, Trevor Smullen standing in front of me, he's about to, about to read me the rule book. So he is, but uh, he, he fairly he realised fairly quickly that she was a Westmead woman <laughs> and not a, not a Spaniard. So I kind of get off the hook on that one. For you, when you think of the path that you have been on, we look at at the highs and yet lots of highs beforehand. You know that Sigerson Cup, that really nice in Parnell Park. We had, we had some good nights Wednesday night in Parnell Park in the middle of sitting my leaving cert. Um, well, not in the, the actual exams, but I'm going through the year. Um, it's funny, leading into that game about two weeks beforehand, my mum's kind of giving me the whole, you know, Rory, none of the other boys are in leaving certs. They have their leaving certs done. You need to be studying. And she's kind of giving me a hard time about it. In my head, all I'm thinking is, oh, yes, Dublin in Parnell Park in two weeks' time. What more do you want? You know, Leinster Championship, I, I love it. Like, Wednesday night, it's kind of stuff you dream yeah. of. And... Uh, I remember then she's having a conversation with dad in the kitchen uh, and dad, I remember dad, I remember as clear as day, I remember dad turning around, he kind of mutters under his breath, they're like, you know, they're playing Dublin in, in two weeks, so the football will probably be over then. And when I tell you, Denise, that I absolutely flipped. I nearly, I nearly took the door off the hinges trying to go over to him, I started shouting at him and I'm, you know, like, anything dad has always told me is, you know, you give everything your best shot or whatever. And I didn't, I didn't probably speak to him for two weeks before the game, you know. <laughs> um, and as you can probably tell, us Keener lads are easy to get on with and we wouldn't be temperamental at the best of times. But uh, I didn't talk to him for two weeks, two weeks uh, before the game. And I just remember the full, I remember about five minutes before the end, um, I was marking Jack McCaffrey in that game. And uh, my legs are cramping up, cramping up. I, I, every under-21 game that year, I think I come off a cramp. I, myself and Danny Minda were playing 10 and 12, and we were just covering ground. And uh, I remember I go down with cramp towards the end, and as soon as McCaffrey sees it, he just takes off. Like, And I'm thinking in my head, I can try and foul him. I can try and do something. And I don't know how. I think I just, And then I just remember thinking about you know, what you need to do to be a winner and, and if, you let, if you're letting a cramp in that moment where you're full of adrenaline where you're full of everything uh, if you're letting something as small as that and that was just my everyone's mindset that you're so I ended up getting up and relating some sort of tackle but I just that was an incredible incredible year and uh, yeah we won beat Dubs in Parnell uh, unfortunately went and let uh, someone else benefit from our hard work later on in the final but actually that night as well I remember my dad we were out celebrating on the pitch or whatever 
and uh, I'm sure the leaving certs in the school I'm teaching and I won't believe this, but uh, we all went out and we celebrated and I was in, I was in Copperface Jacks on a leaving cert, so oh, I was on top of the world. But I still, I remember getting a phone call from my dad and he said, you're getting a bus home from Bus Aris in the morning. I was back in Edgerstown in my uniform for half seven, getting ready to go to school the next morning, so... That's a lesson for all me leaving certs. No, but listen, that's definitely commitment. Just thinking back at that game, and I remember um, talking to Eugene McCormick beforehand, and Eugene had always yeah. so positive about things. And he said, no, he said, I have this. We're not going up there to make the numbers. And he was after watching Dublin yeah. hammer Carlo. And he said, no. And I was saying to him about Kilkenny, and he was like, I oh, know I've got a plan up my sleeve. And it was actually Barry O'Farrell. And actually that year, Canuck were end up winning uh, the All-Ireland. So uh, we had a great Yeah, time. that's right. For Rory Connor teaching, you've uh, met a career. You know, the leave insert obviously went well because you ended up going to DCU. Yeah, I ended up going to DCU. All I wanted to do is, like when I'm going into college, just kind of, of highlight all I wanted to do is win a serious thing with DCU. And I know it's it, it's looking back now and... The, the events that happened, it was the wrong, wrong mindset going into college. Um, I just wanted to go to DCU. I wanted to win the Sigerson with DCU. And I was lucky enough that in my second year in DCU, I went and did that. But it's so simple. We're playing down the Mardike. Uh, you know, it goes to extra time and we're the first team to beat UCC in the Mardike in, I don't know, some absurd number of years. Um, but it also easily could have gone the other way. And all of a sudden, we're looking at my career going to DCU Um as and it's not half as fruitful as it turned out to be. I genuinely end up nearly even doing a, a journalism degree in DCU. No offense to journalists now or anything to me, but you know, it's like I, I in my mind I wanted to get into DCU if it was to go in and and uh, you know cut the lawns in DCU and if it let me play football for DCU, that was what I wanted to do. And I don't know what it was. Uh, I think. You're looking at the lads that are in DC, and I know UCD. I think have more uh, Sigersons, um or had maybe at the time or something. But like I don't know what it was. It was an affiliation that I felt with DCU. Um, and I was lucky enough I got into the course physical education and maths, and yeah, then football really hit the fan. Now with everything that you've gone through, you know it has been slow and steady, as I say, wins the race. You're hoping to put yourself back in and wear your county colours again. Yeah, to help a God, that's the plan. Like I said earlier, kind of, uh, all, all I was thinking when I, when I got injured was, I wasn't thinking about, you know, Gavin McHugh telling me, you know, if you got back and you're able to play with your kids when you're old and older in the garden, I was thinking, how good would it be to get back and play with Longford? Because I, as far as I was concerned, you know, I had a lot more to give to, to a Longford jersey. Um, I feel, you know, I finished that year in 2016. Yeah. <clears throat> under Dennis and I felt like I hadn't played it played in, in enough minutes and then again now that I'm later on I'm thinking all it is is someone's opinion you know uh, it's a decision that someone makes on a day whether you get a jersey or you don't get a jersey all you can do is put yourself in the best position it, it's something that I kind of say and um, when we're going out playing games when we're playing keen and stuff is all you can control are the controllables you can't mm. control you know I can't go out to a game and say I'm going to kick the ball over the bar four times I'm going to score one three one four whatever it is I, what I can control or what I can have an influence on is my work rate what I can do is I can promise you that I'm, I can promise myself that I'm going to give my best um, and I think that Sigerson team in 2015 was where I really really learned that um, I remember that was just a team full of winners full of desire full of ambition um, and I remember even a couple I think it could have been in 2016 I know Stephen Atride uh, former Leafs captain 
uh, I think he's over living his life in Australia at the minute. Um, I remember there's one instance in training. Uh, it's a very end of training. We could be out an hour and 20 minutes. It's absolutely spilling out of the heavens. And uh, I get a ball running off the shoulder. I'm coming out to the top of the And out of nowhere, I see Stephen. And I mean, he is coming at 100 miles an hour at me. <laughs> I have no way I can get out of the way. So all I do is I swing a boot at the ball. And I remember just ending up on the broad of my back. And Stephen's panned out on the ball of his as well. And all I hear him muttering is, did it go over? And, and that just kind of epitomises what, what was instilled in us there in DCU. You know, through Niall Moyne, Sean Boylan, Mick Bohan, you know, loads and loads of winners, Dermot Sheridan. Um, lads who just want nothing less than the, than the best, you know. Um, and that, that kind of just epitomises of what DCU ended up being about. Yeah, because I was actually going to say to you about guys and managers that you've had in your life you've probably learned so much from different guys and you mentioned those guys there and on their own there's something else and what they've achieved is yeah. remarkable but together yeah. as a team oh it's yeah remar- absolutely phenomenal i mean one of nile Moyne's best assets in dc was Getting, getting really, really good guys around him as well. You know, um, and Tony Diamond from St. Vincent's, Mick Bohan, who's gone on and won, won so much with, with Dublin Ladies and, and, uh, Dermot Sheridan then was a Sigerson winner in 2010, I believe. The last, the last Sigerson that won, yeah, exactly. The last Sigerson that had, that team that had won, uh, prior to ours in 2015. And I think every single set of management that I've had, say, from that 2013 period on, they've all been so very different. 2013 was Eugene. Eugene wears his heart in his sleeve. You know, he's died for the jersey. He, like, you're going into battle when you're going in with Eugene. And that was another thing that I remember being said to us that night in Parnell Park was the first small little row that breaks out, the yeah. first little schmozzle. There's 15 long for lads. <clears throat> and I remember about, I'd say about 40 seconds into the game, there's this row. Yeah. I, all, I, we went in looking looking for this row and all there was was long for lads. You know, nobody else was coming in near us, you know. And we really set the stall out early that day. Yeah. And that, that really was just a true reflection of, of Eugene's character, Eugene's attitude. And I mean, if you, if you put the Dublin seniors out that night, I don't think they would have beaten us. Then we've not, I had Frank McNamee. Um, I think Frank was over us the following year with yeah. 21s again. Frank was is a phenomenal phenomenal very cerebral very intellectual he's an incredible football brain Frank has um, probably one of the best managers that I've had um, and I remember Frank after we won the Sigerson 2015 Sigerson was on Saturday and we had first round of championship against Wicklow on a Wednesday and for probably the week before I had ended up focusing in a little bit on the Sigerson we're finally at, I'm, I'm, you know I'm, I'm doing it I'm getting to the Sigerson weekend I don't want to try and let anything kind of get to that and that was my goal going into college you know and Frank ends up dropping me the following Wednesday uh, for the first round of the championship um, after we won. Now, it didn't help that we had gone out celebrating the Sigerson win, obviously, but uh, so the next Wednesday we're playing uh, Wicklow. I was lucky, and, well, I wasn't lucky, but Wicklow, we hadn't exactly steamrolled them in the first 10 or 15 minutes, so he ended up bringing me on. I nearly got sent off about three minutes later as well. There was a photo from that game. <laughs> I ended up you know, almost two foot and so on, but yeah, I, I was, I, at that stage of my career, I was kind of always someone who was kind of very emotional and I think now that I'm probably not as mobile, it's limited me being able to be emotional about things. Maybe you've matured, is that it? That could be the right Maybe, maybe. I'm, well, I don't. I wouldn't be so confident on that either. Things that you've learned through football, as you were saying, you know, the different things, you can also bring it into life. And would you bring 
a lot of what you've learned and especially with the, the guys that you mentioned Mick, Niall, John Boyle and Dermot Sheridan would you bring that into school when, when you're teaching the young lads? It's, it's funny like the name Sean Boyle like resonates oh. so strongly with say you or me or anyone kind of but I mean when you go in and you tell well obviously it helps that I'm, I'm teaching in Navin but yeah. even younger lads around the club and stuff if you're saying Sean Boyle and stuff it's not really ringing a bell with them as much um, but all you can kind of do is all I've tried to do is, is pick the best parts of everyone uh, that you see maybe the top three or four qualities and one small thing about Sean when we're, when we're talking about him um, and I'm sure Sean has changed since he be, first began managing but something about Sean and DCU every single session when he arrives down he walks into the dressing room and he shakes hands with everyone everyone if you happen to be someone just passing through a dressing room randomly he's shaking your hand whether you, whether you like it or not and I just thought it was something so genuine about the man and when we say about players knowing their roles management knowing their roles as well you know Sean was never one to talk talk over anyone at that stage. He was never anyone to to dictate. But when Sean spoke, we all listened, you know. And it's because he was kind of very, very, how would I say, very well put together in what he said. What he said was very articulate, very precise. He wasn't bombarding you with information. Um, and that's probably something that I took from Sean Boylan was he might give you three or four pieces, you know, you go and you, and you work with them. I tell you, of all the cliches and the way you talk of going into management and being a good manager, is that something that you want to do? Oh, well, I don't know. I'll try and get back playing first. But uh, <laughs> if, uh, if, if all else fails, I'm sure I'd manage an under-12 team somewhere. No, look, yeah, I mean, down the line... Um, I think getting involved somewhere as a coach first yeah. it will be will, will be my first port of call. Like we we, we learned so many different structures. Uh, I was, I, I'm, I've been extremely lucky in uh, my playing career today with with the caliber of player first and foremost that I've played with. Yeah. Like you know, like I've I'm mates with lads who have all stars now who, who have you know things like that. Like even the day in 2015 uh, when we played Dublin and Crow Park, it's funny we go we go from 2013 beating the Dublin under 21 team, playing them in 2015 the championship in Crow Park. Yeah, and it was another fella that made his debut that day as well. His name's Brian. Fenton, I don't know if you've heard of him, but is he some? I think he's a tall. Guy. <laughs> he's not yeah, as tall yeah. as Darren Gallagher. Might, sure. might, might, might be just as tall as me now, but yeah. Um, and I remember actually just about three, four, maybe five minutes into the game, Brian collects his ball. He just saunters up the middle of the pitch and he kicks it straight between the posts. It looks like he's been playing a club park for twenty years, like you know. Um, and I've been lucky enough to play along with players who are every bit as good as, as Brian um, you know players that spring to mind like Kevin Feely Colin Begley obviously Mickey Quinn and players like that Paul Barden at home um, who just have so much but then that you can learn from them and then you also have managers, managers that we've, we've mentioned already that uh, that have been so lucky to try and try and uh, pick bits and pieces up off of I suppose it's probably time I start putting some sort of a playbook together in, in case the whole going back to playing fails. No, I think you're the type of guy that you come back for that injury where other people, you know, might have let into themselves and might have said, well, do you know what? I'm not going to do it. You fought to get back and play football. So I can see you fighting to get back and being back being an inter-county player. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the plan. Um, I've no doubt that along the way there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be 
people's opinions who, who probably don't see me in a team and it's about being okay with that and all I can do is, is try and put yourself in the best position and that's probably something that in recent times I've kind of uh, been able to work on understanding that it is just someone's opinion It's and I, and I say that to all the young lads as well <clears throat> like I, for my first year teaching in, in St. Pat's and Nav and I was over the, the first year football's, football team and you've a hundred kids coming out who want to play football and even at that age obviously it's important that you're just getting lads playing football but you need to tell them that if you're not playing in the team, if you're not picked for development squads, it's no, it's no reflection on you. Like, like Brian Fenton didn't play yeah. play intercounty football until he was under twenty one. And I think at this stage of my career, I, I finally actually learned that myself. Instead of instead of just saying it to people, um, I finally took my own advice on board. Um, so I've, I've no doubt that there will be setbacks. There, there'll probably be hamstring injuries. There'll be bits going on. But all you can do is, is repeatedly put yourself in uh, in the best position possible for as long as possible. Um, and I mean, if I do get back, I'm going to get give it give it everything I have, and, and that's for sure. Have you always been as positive? No, most definitely not. There's there's days when you get injured. Um, that like after the injury, you're, you're in the the depths of despair. Um, and there's there's no doubt about that. Like you're. Yeah, you have extremely dark days, very, very dark days. Um, uh, like you, you heard, like Shane Carty's kind of story. Yeah, uh, Shane's Calamine from DCU as well, and you know everyone kind of goes through. It, it's funny, like something that I always kind of that, that I think I, I'm not sure who I heard it from, but everyone you walk past on the street has their own emotional scars. My mum always says that, yeah. You know, really, yeah. If my dad beat the horn at someone walking out, you know, and my mum would always say to that, you know, don't do that or don't, because you don't know what's yeah. in a person's mind. We don't know exactly. anyone's Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and everyone has their own stuff going on, you know, and, and that's maybe even in a classroom, you know, every single student might have something going on at home. They mightn't be able mm. to get on, into that online class. It's not as simple as... Yeah. Or students aren't logging in. They mightn't have the facilities or the amenities to do that. Um, yeah. So no, there, I definitely haven't always been as positive. Um, it's something that, like we, we like we said earlier, you really need to work on. Um, and I think the minute that you feel comfortable, like maybe too comfortable, or the minute that you feel, you know, oh, I have this sorted now, is probably going to be my most vulnerable point. I'll get to yeah. a point maybe, maybe where I'm, oh, please God, I get to wear a long jersey again. I play a good game, and for a split second in my head, I might think, you know, what? I have this sorted now. I'm 26, you know, 27 in September. Hopefully, I kind of have life back on track but that's probably when I'll be my most vulnerable that's you know because um, is something going to happen to you exactly yeah. all of a sudden that, that rug could be pulled out from under your feet again yeah I think that no but you're so honest and I think that's what we have to be and I didn't really want to kind of go into you about how deep things would have been but I think nowadays there's so many stories yeah. that there that we have to especially with young lads because guys you know yourself yeah. it's very hard to talk you'll talk about football and soccer whatever yeah talk about your feelings and that's what we have to get it out yeah of. and it's something that I would never have done ever like thinking about that 2015 team that won a Sigerson thinking about teams that have been involved with that have won things it's been you know real strong leaders who probably don't show vulnerability, yeah. you know, and, and and maybe in that circle, you don't want to show vulnerability in front of 30 lads, you know, in, a, in front of a dressing room, you want to go out and you want to, you know, put your body on the line, you're going to do everything you can to win a game, but it's important that you have maybe one or two people who you, who you can confide in, and unfortunately for me, it probably came out in the wrong way, um, like there's no doubt, 
I struggled for a long time not talking to anyone. Yeah. And you go you go through the whole counselling thing and you try that and I remember trying that for so long. It didn't work like for me. And maybe I just didn't find the right person or whatever it was, but then all of a sudden I started opening up to a couple of my really close friends in Alcastle um, really really close friend of mine super super s and been involved with yeah. Leinster been involved with UCD soccer um, like phenomenal phenomenal coach and now it's been really played an integral part in me getting back fit getting back strong uh, this year again so I remember I, sat, I just started opening up to him um, and now Niall Niall's the kind of person who wouldn't show too much emotion himself like but I remember he was probably the first person I started opening up to and you just you genuinely feel that that there is this weight lifted off of you so I didn't for me personally you know I didn't find that right counsellor or that right person to, to, to open up to or to talk to but it ended up being one of my one of my friends. One it ended up being someone who, who used to mark me in coming to Munster games in Longford. Do you know? And it's yeah. funny the way it works out like that. But uh, yeah, now it's been a huge help, and that's all I could say to anyone is make sure you're checking in, make sure you're you're asking your mates how they actually are. You know, especially if they're going through something. And um, like I kind of I've already said, there was periods there where when I was injured that I felt so isolated. Yeah. I, most definitely, probably from my own fault but nonetheless I was feeling these things that that probably put me in a more vulnerable position than than I was already in at that time. Rory I have enjoyed covering the early stages of your career and now you're kind of pushing on I really hope that things work out for you. Brilliant yeah I hope so too Denise yeah.